expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Welcome to the Big Cat Chat, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin and I'm joined by my co-host Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? I'm great, Jack. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, mixed mixed results for us as footy fans since the last time we recorded. Yeah, um, obviously we had high hopes in New South Wales, which weren't realised, but um, as always, Penrith gave us something to smile about, so that was good to back up on. Yeah, and it was um, especially nice to see the Penrith Origin contingent that did back up ended up playing mm. quite well. Oh, and I think that's a big reason why they did back up. I think there was some talk about why, because Ivan um, often backs up his players and it's like, why why is he doing it, blah, blah, blah. And I do think, I, I see the point where potentially sometimes um, it's good to give them a rest so they're nice and fresh at the bottom half of the season. But I also think if you've had a bit of a hard time, um, a hard game, going into a team with a very positive energy um, and being able to experience a win with that team does wonders for your confidence. So I think it was definitely the best thing for the players that they did back up, um, except for Isaiah, of course. And um, I think that's, yeah, it was proven by the end that they would have had um, a bit of a boost from that game, which is super important for them mentally. Yeah, and I, I often think with things like that, it's something where you should probably leave it up to the individual player because they know themselves best how they'll totally. be. Totally, yeah. Um, and, like, to be honest, they like playing. So mm-hmm. they're not going to say no if they feel mm-hmm. they're up to it, you know. Um, exactly. And I always think it's a good sign when players do want to back up because yeah. it's like your teammates are the ones that helped you get picked. So go back and yeah. help them out. Totally. And it's fun. They love it. It's their job at the end of the day. Um, I think an extra game here or there, most of them love playing football. So it's a positive thing to get to play two games a week. Well, I remember hearing a story about Cameron Smith as well, where uh, one time Bellamy wanted to rest him, like coming out of the origin period. And he said, like, um, he said, no, the game is the fun part. Yeah. Give me a rest for a couple of days of training. Yeah, exactly. That's kind yeah. of like I'm sure they'd all say that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's I think it's just a really positive thing that Ivan does. I think I don't think they necessarily need. I, I think if they have a bit of a niggling of injury or something like that, a rest is always a good idea. But I think it'd be hard push finding players that generally enjoy being rested for games. Um, and look, to be honest, I don't think that applied across the whole competition. If you look at the Parramatta forwards on. Sunday, they looked quite terrible um, and they looked tired. So I think it is definitely a club-by-club thing. But I think where our club is at the moment um, and the players that backed up, I mean, you had Liam Martin, who was a forward. He played 55 minutes, but the rest of them were backs. Um, I think 
I think it was awesome that they played and I think they had a great, they obviously ran riot, pretty much all of them scored tries. Um, and um, I think it's great for them mentally and good for the club as well. So I think it's a win-win that we see our players back up from origin. Well, yeah, and you're right. And it was, they pretty much all did score tries and it was almost yeah. hard to find a Penrith player who didn't end up scoring a try in that game, to be honest. Oh, so spread out. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, it was such a good game. Wow. Newcastle over the past sort of like, I'd say like eight weeks of the competition have been one of those teams where like I'll still watch their games but not pay mm. that much attention to them. Yeah. Um, whereas, at the beginning, whereas at the beginning of the year I was watching them closely because they were on fire. Yeah. Oh, my God, their defence is awful. I couldn't Woeful. believe it. Kaelin Pongen, like, and I found Kaelin Pongen's defence in origin was terrible as well. Yeah. And it, it really does. I don't want to sit here and, and, and like shit on another player, but when you think about how much he's being paid um, and the absolute saga that it was to re-sign him, I found that disappointing. Um, and he went off straight away, so he can't at all be blamed for that loss. It was definitely a team effort for Newcastle. But, you know, effort plays, effort plays, and they just didn't have any of them. Yeah, it's it's really interesting looking at their team and mm. like a lot of their their players who you could say are 100% effort all of the time they're not really the stars at all like like there's yeah. they don't have that right balance you know what i mean like they they have players yeah. like a Kurt Mann or whatever who is a fine player and is always given his best and everything like that but he's not up to the ability that you want your players to be in order to be competitive. And you've yep. got players like Kalen Ponga who, like, I really want Ponga to do well, mm. but he, I don't think he helps himself at all. And obviously, he obviously he got um, knocked out. Well, he got a, a head injury that many couldn't come back into the game. So that's not his fault, mm. but you're right. When you talk about even his defensive effort in origin, he is so lucky that the junior Paolo try was ruled out because his yeah. effort there to try and stop him was non-existent. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where you go, sometimes a slightly lesser player who puts in more is better for your club. Mm. Um, yeah. But their lesser players who put in more are like too far lesser, if you get what I mean. Mm. Totally agree. Um, and like, he's the captain of that club too. Like that, that really says a lot. Yeah, it is. It's. Um, I think I've said from the beginning of the year, I don't think he's the right choice for captain. I think he needs to um, focus on his own game a little bit. Um, and I think that when there are genuinely players in that team that would be really good captain choices, um, the Safita brothers, you've got David Clemmer, Frizzell, you know, I think they're all good options. And they seem to really um, care about the club and the direction they're going in and that kind of thing, especially Clemmer. So I think that, it wasn't wise. It kind of gave me Matt Moylan vibes. Remember when um, yeah. Hook gave Matt Moylan the captaincy just because he was our best player? And it just some some players aren't ready at that, at that stage. They don't um, prosper in that role. And that's not a bad thing. Some, some players just aren't captains. Um, and I think the best thing for both parties in that situation is to relinquish the, them from that duty. Um, but it doesn't look like it's happening there at the moment. Yeah, they have a Matt Moylan as a captain where they need a Peter Wallace. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. 
Um, even if Peter Wallace was playing now, he'd probably improve their team too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, you know, enough of those losers up the Penny Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I was reading just a report after the game and it was saying that, you know, oh, Penrith are um, undefeated away from home this year. It was like part of like a little stats section. And I was like, yep. that like it's it's impressive, but it's not really a groundbreaking mm-hmm. stat when the team's only lost one game all year. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Does it kind of to find out that stat? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like process elimination. Where was yeah. their loss at home? Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was so impressed that game. I mean, I actually only got to watch the first forty minutes, the first half live. But holy hell, it was just crazy watching them play like that. It was so entertaining. Um, it was probably, I'd say, it's their best performance, one of their best performances of the year. And I know we weren't playing fancied opposition, but just the way they all were, it was so silky. Like everyone just knew where they were going to be at all times. I remember there was one where I think someone made a break, passed it to Nathan, and Nathan looked like he was throwing this Hail Mary pass. And I'm like, who on earth is that to? And then, zoom. <laughs> Into the camera frame comes Luai. Like he was, he was crazy. Like so quick. The support is amazing, um, and yeah, the points just came and it was nice and easy win. But it was one of my favourite games to watch, just because so many players really stepped up, um, and they looked like they were having an absolute ball, um, and it was awesome. Yeah, it looked it looked fun. Yeah, it looked um, really fun. Aside from when Taylor May copped that nut shot off Isaac oh, Probably not too fun for him. No. Have you seen the video that the club put on the socials of it? Mm-mm. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's actually it's actually very, very funny. I I I i I was watching it going, oh, you know, poor Taylor, but like still laughing. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh my yeah. gosh. It would I'm sure the pain would be unmatched, but um yeah. yes, <laughs> worth it. Sure, it's worth it. Yeah. Plus, you know, it was only one of the maze. So, um. yeah, exactly. (laughs) Into your way with the Premiership. So, Nat, we have quite a bit of news coming out um, pretty much all in the last 24 hours. Um, Today, we've had announced that James Fisher Harris, Moses Leota, and Scott Sorensen have all been picked for New Zealand um, in the 25 man squad for their matchup this week against Tonga where Sonny Luke and the young prodigy that we have been developing mm-hmm. since birth, Isaiah Katoa, yep. have both That's been picked name. for Tonga. Yep. Um, Dolphins legend, Isaiah Katoa. Um, yeah, pretty exciting. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Leota and Sorensen, Katoa and Luke will all be making their debuts. Obviously, Fish has been playing for New Zealand for quite a few years. Uh, but just like the... Um, just like when the Blues team was picked the other week, just such mm. a massive compliment to our team, isn't it? It is. It's so it's so good that they're seeing that reward. Um, and yeah, whether it be for the Blues, whether it be for their countries, it's so so good to see them. You know, the vast majority of, of our team be recognised with representative honours. Um, so thrilled for the thrilled for all of them. Um, and it's a really good time to be at the club and to be a fan of the club as well. Yeah, and when you, um, I was like, someone like Moses Leota, I could have expected easily. I'll be honest, I thought he'd get picked for Samoa. Um, yeah. But he was born in Auckland, I believe. But yeah. for Scott, that really that really does show, doesn't it? Um, because he's kind of an understated 
hero in our team. Yeah. And it's nice to He's see He's getting him. better and better as well. Yeah. I I love him more and more every game that he plays. Um, and it completely crossed my mind that he'd even be eligible for New Zealand. But, of course, his uncles, Dane and Kurt Sorensen, I believe yeah. both of them played for New Zealand. Um, Dane himself was, like, really a pioneer of um, people of like Pacific descent playing in the, what was the New South Wales rugby league at the time. He was one of the first ones ever to come over. Um, so like, and they've, so they've got a rich, I guess, family tradition of playing over here and playing for New Zealand. So it's so nice to see for him. I th- He's also eligible for another country. I was reading it the other day. I cannot quite remember exactly which one, so I'm not going to say. Um, mm. I don't want to get that wrong. But, yeah, it's just so nice to see um, for our club. And then, yeah, when the Samoa team's picked, you know, there'll probably be a bunch more Panthers named in that team. Yeah. Um, It's awesome. And, yeah, we've seen, I guess, what we talked about last week, the issues coming up for rep round because Tupo and Stags have been picked for Tonga. Yeah. So that might open the door up for like Addo Carr and I guess Stephen Crichton might have a decision to make because the Rabbitohs, I believe, have ruled Latrell Mitchell out of playing Origin 2. Yep. So it's actually going to be very interesting. I'm not sure when the Samoa team's picked, but, yeah, there could be some some stories coming out of that. Oh, and that's what you kind of foresaw last week. So I think um, the players will choose on Sunday who they're going to um, wow. play for. Um, so that was just, I heard that, well, that was in the group chat. <laughs> it was in the MKFC chat. I'm not sure oh, how. Oh, was it? Um, legit, that was, yeah. But, um, yeah, because I, I think I've heard mixed re- reports on Tupo at least um, that he apparently said he would play for the Blues, but then he's been picked in the Tom and team, so it's a bit confusing around that. But, as, yeah, as we spoke about last week, it seems like a bit of a silly um, weekend to have them both playing um, just to to burden the players with that sort of choice. Um, but I guess we'll have to see how the team works out. I think we have handy replacements if we do need to, if the, if the players do choose to, to play for those teams. Probably barring players like Luai, um, that would be a problem um, for Blues if, if he did choose to play for Samoa. But we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting too um, to see if this does cause what we were talking about last week where mm. maybe we need something like this to happen for them to yep. realise that they need to oh, well, fix the yeah. way this all works. Yeah. Um, and, like, I mean, I believe Origin needs to work around international footy. Yeah. Because yep. it's also affecting it with um, our great, our prodigy, Sean O'Sullivan, um, he's yeah. committed to representing Malta, but yeah. I saw Malta said in a statement because they are playing on the 22nd of June, which is a Wednesday, I believe, against Lebanon in Sydney. Um, and I believe they said that he will be unlikely to be available for that game because it, it'll be important to Penrith for him to be available because more, more than likely but- both Cleary and Luai will be out. But we're not playing that weekend. Yeah, which I found interesting. So, like, yeah, not I hope playing that's that weekend. not something it's all where standalone round. Maybe yeah, they got I confused. I hope the club's not. 
holding him back I mean, in any way? Like, why would you hold some, say you can't play a week and a half before a game? Yeah. And like the Makes chance no to represent um, a nation of your heritage as well. Yeah, it literally makes zero sense. So I feel like that source may have been incorrect um, just because it's just like playing a normal game. Yeah, and it'd be very nice to see him play in that game as well anyway. That'd be awesome, yeah. If both teams were full strength, it'd actually be pretty cool because you'd have like Zach Sini would probably play for all time. Yeah, yeah. uh, Penrith legend Jared Zanet. Oh, never forget. What's his tattoo? Oh, um, oh. Isn't it like is it belief? Addicted to excellence or something like that, isn't it? No, it was something that was spelt wrong. I'm gonna yeah, isn't it like there's like no C in excellence or something? I'm gonna look it up. Jared Summit. Oh, you got it? Yeah, Yeah, hang on. It is. Here it is. Yeah, I think, hang on. Perth now. Yeah, existence spelt wrong. Existence. It says justify your existence. That's what it is. But it's spelt with an A rather than an E. Which is a horrible <laughs> tattoo in the first place. I know. It's a terrible, and it's like right across his chest. Is it like a necklace kind of yeah. vibe? Terrible tattoo. But you know what? You do you, Jared. Oh, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure around the time that he got that tattoo where he was, you know, justifying his existence is about when he <laughs> kind of fell out of first grade and had to go over to England. There you go. He was walking the walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they. I think Matthew Elliott saw that tattoo and went, "Nah, I think See I ya. like Lachlan Coop better." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> understandable. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and then like he could be coming up against yeah, like if everyone's available, like Mitch Moses and Alex Twal, yep. Mansour, yeah, his twin Abbas Mishki. And that's why, yeah, it's it's um, I don't know if those players be made available or not. In yeah, general. like that's that's one where like I I really doubt. Moses will be, to be honest. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, but it'd be nice to see. Um, yeah. Because I mean, if Lua is not available, there's every chance that Moses might actually be called into the Blues team. Oh God, no! That can't happen again. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Calling Matt Burton, he literally took his soul on the weekend. So Matt Burton's yeah. a much better option. Okay, Matt Burton, I was at that game. Mm. He had some pandas mm. about him in that game. To be oh honest. my God! I said to my sister, I'm like, what? is it about him he he has this energy like he had that arrogance i loved yeah. it like it was so good from the beginning to the end he's like no way like who do you guys think you are um and it was it rattled them it rattled them um the photo where he's like standing over him um so good so good that was the funniest moment i think i've ever seen at a game since the time that dallin and john edwards ran into oh. each other looking for the bomb oh. I was going to say that Philip Sammy um, doing the Gutherino on top of oh, Guthrie was cool, was pretty good this year. Awesome. But, um, yeah, that was just, I can't believe that happened, you know. It's, um, oh, like, great from Birdo, great from Birdo, but also Moses, come on. Like, you know, you should have scored that, irrespective of Birdo coming to rip it out. You should have had two hands on the ball, mate, <laughs> or at least, like, some more intensity moving toward, you know, moving through towards the goal line. Um but you know what? It's not our team. <laughs> well, the, the difference in those two moments of the Philip Sammy and the Mitch Moses things yeah, were like when the Philip Sammy thing happened, I had a headache for about three days because of the obscenities that Victoria yelled out when it happened. 
<laughs> but then when Matt Burton got Mitch Moses there, she just sat there yeah. with gritted teeth. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't help but laugh, but I looked away yeah. from her and laughed and like covered my mouth so that she yeah. wouldn't know I was laughing at it because it just, yeah. But even even Paramount fans, surely, like, I don't know how much. Do they love him? Like, do are they a little bit graded by him? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think they all um, they all seem to just think that, yeah, what a stupid moment from him. Yes, yes. Because um, I saw some people say that it was, like, arrogance maybe, which I don't think it is because you're not going to be arrogant in that moment. I think no, I feel, is- like the, I feel like the performance in general was arrogant. I think there was a lot of arrogance um, behind them not preparing properly for the game and not treating their opposition with respect. Oh, definitely. But I don't with Paris yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah, totally. But I don't feel that exact moment was arrogant. I feel that exact moment was... Um, um, lacked effort and I think that was a problem um, just because I, I do feel like it's like he fell asleep halfway like he got over the line and fell asleep kind of and it's like that's not a one that's not a full-on effort play which is what you need um, and like to bring it back to Penrith because it is a Penrith podcast um, <laughs> we will be playing as hard from minute one to minute 80 and yeah. like we saw um, Taylor May a couple of weeks ago get so mad at himself in like the 75th minute after he made a mistake and he threw the ball down because he was so unhappy with himself. And we were clear over the Bulldogs that we weren't losing that game. But the concept was he wasn't perfect in that moment. And he was very upset by that. Um, and you'll never see like a play not come across because of an effort sort of thing. And I do feel like that Moses, I just, I feel like he just fell asleep across the try line. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's the score line, but whatever it was, he should have scored that try full stop end of story. Um, and I feel bad for Parramatta fans having to watch that whole game really. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel bad for them, but I also feel happy for the Bulldogs fans that they got a, a good what day a for once. God, it was a good game as well. I just, I remember I was saying we were um, coming back from the gym and my partner was talking about how everyone was going to get full rounds. And I was like, well, I would not put, oh no, he was talking about a bet that he saw and someone had like a 13 plus on Parramatta. And they're like, do I cash out or do I proceed? And I'm like, you absolutely cash it out because you can't trust Parramatta, um, especially in a game like that. But I don't know if I actually truly believed that they would lose. I thought, come on, you know. Um, and then, yeah, God, they got blown off the park. I thought maybe at half time they would come out and they would, you know, just completely steamroll them and it would be this embarrassing, you know, um, come from behind kind of situation, but it just didn't happen. It, I can't explain it. And I think that when it has happened um, more than once this year, so it hasn't been a one-off, it happened against the Tigers. It arguably happened against the Cowboys, although I know the Cowboys are much better opposition than we realised at the time. They still steamrolled them. And I think that is where it becomes a problem. When it's not a one-off, it's like multiple times, two or three times this year. How did that happen again? Yeah, it's it's one where results like that make you question everything you think you know about rugby league. But if you look at the pattern, it's just typical para. And, like, I change my mind every week on whether they can win the comp or not. I don't – I think I'm going to take this moment now and say I don't think they can because oh. I think – yeah, I don't think they can. And I know I've said it and I've stuck by it probably until this time. But my 
I just, I see no improvement from the things that have let them down in the past couple of years and have, have made them not be able to progress to that preliminary final. And I just don't see how it changes. And I think if they could play Melbourne and, and, and Penrith, they would get their way into a grand final potentially. But it, there's, they're probably going to have to play three finals games. And I think they're going to lose whoever they don't play out of Penrith and Melbourne. Um, because they just can't seem to bring that intensity to those other games, um, and I think they're—I I think I don't think they're winning premiership this year at all. No, I, I, I don't think they'll make a pre, I don't think they'll make a prelim this year. I actually don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Like some people think that they're losing all these players because yeah, it's a clean out. They need it because, like, yeah, like they say, like, oh, they're losing these elite players, but like, what have they done for them? Well, exactly, and. Yeah. Also, and I know they talk about the coach and I get that and it's not our team, but it is quite crazy to me that like grown men have to be coached the things that they're, that they're crying out to be coached a little bit. Yeah. Um, like respect for your position. Because yeah, anyway, like, like, you look at it, they, they didn't respect, they, they did not respect Bulldogs. And I think someone was at the game and they were saying that Guffo was um, like just practicing like freak plays before that like when 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 they were um before the game in training he was doing oh, like weird cross field kicks yeah warm up like really like like extravagant things and like that's an indication that they weren't thinking about we need to actually just grind out a football game well that'll be interesting because i didn't i didn't see his oh, we didn't get there in time for the warm-up but yeah. he normally does the exact same warm-up every week so if he did mm. change it it might be quite different because i don't know what out- is normal he comes out I know and he stands yeah. 10 metres out and, yeah, kicks for the crossbar a bunch of times. Yeah, I'm not sure what his normal warm-up is. And the person that I know from work who went and saw it obviously didn't either. They said it was a lot of, like, flashy and, um, yeah, kind of trick plays. And he was surprised to see that before the game had started. Um, if that's his normal warm-up, then that's just – that's fine. But um, I do think there was an indication that there was no respect given to the Bulldogs on that – at that game. Yeah, 100%. You know, like – they can brag about, you know, beating the almighty Panthers as much as they want, but they lost by 30 points to the Bulldogs. So, <laughs> And now yeah, the Titans are coming last. God, what a year. Like the Titans, they were seventh or eighth last year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They came within like a sliding doors moment of making a semifinal. And now this year they've just completely like lost it. I, I'm enjoying this year because I do feel like there's some differences kind of happening we've got the Cowboys and the Broncos playing really well the Sharks to an extent I don't really think they're going as well as they would want to be after their start to the season but they're they're up there um and then yeah you've got some questionable decisions down the bottom too so I I think it's it's a really exciting year and the common denominator is we are good yet again (laughs) yeah I'd I'd say we are slightly better than we were last year we definitely are and the Roosters this year, um, what Manly were last year? The Roosters? Yeah. I think they are fake good. Pretend good. Yeah. <laughs> um, are they even pretend good? Well, I think, I think they <laughs> can beat teams like up to where Parramatta are. But then they yeah, can't beat Yeah, but the then they lost the against the Bulldogs, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and they lost against the Raiders and... Like I have huge question marks over the Roosters this year, and then yeah, they out of nowhere are the Raiders good. 
No, the Raiders are good. I am on the Raiders train 100%. I know they lost on the weekend, which was super disappointing, but I don't think it'll derail them. I think the Raiders are good and I think they'll get an eight spot. Yeah, I feel like I missed this happening. Like I, It just happened one day. I was like, oh, I said this week, like, oh, the Broncos will pump the Raiders. And then Victoria Mm. mentioned the Raiders, like, form line. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice. So, yeah, they've been on a massive roll because I keep tipping them <laughs> and I keep being oh. the only one in my tipping comp to tip them. I didn't tip them this week, though, because I'm massively a huge Broncos fan at the moment. I'm, um, I'm loving what they're doing this year. So I tip Brisbane. But um, I think the Raiders are on to something this year. And I just think it's fun seeing some teams other than that top six that we've seen for the past two years kind of mixed up a little bit. You know, thinking, oh, are the Roosters and South, are they going to necessarily make the eight? There's no guarantee. They're definitely not locks. And it's just kind of fun to to see some other teams coming in and shaking it up a little bit. Yeah, like looking at the ladder now, the Roosters are on level points with the Sea Eagles and the Dragons. Yeah, crazy. And like the Dragons are awful. So. <laughs> yeah. And like honestly as well, and, and I don't like Manly, but they are doing better than I expected this year, stemming from um, Turbo being knocked out. Um, they're still not going to do anything, but they're not being as terrible as I expected. So there's a compliment. Yeah, they have, <laughs> they have as close to a 50-50 record as you can get. Yeah. Because they have seven wins right. and seven losses. And, yeah, their differential yeah. is minus two. Yeah. And I'd say that's about right. For, for, yeah. That's probably where they should be, I think. Um, but, yeah, look, I think we'll see Penrith, obviously, Melbourne, Parramatta, um, Cowboys, Broncos, probably Sharks. I would say, yep, they're set. Sharks are a little bit shaky on, but um, I think they'll be all right. And I really do think those last two spots are, are up for grabs. You know, it could be Rishes, could be um, Souths, could be Raiders. Dragons won't do it because they just always let everyone down. Could yeah. be Manly. Um, so really exciting down that bottom little part of the ladder. Well, yeah, because when you think about out of them, the Dragons are only level with them because they've had a bye. And yeah. the Rabbitohs so are only two points now. ahead because they've had a bye. Yeah. Oh, Rabbitohs, oh, they're um, in the mud. I reckon they're going to – I don't reckon they'll get the eight. Make yeah, the eight. I, I, I'm hoping that the Raiders make it and the Roosters? I think the um, Roosters will, will figure it out. They always do. They, they, yeah. they can make a little late run. I, I yeah. do trust that they would probably end up getting there yeah and it'll just be really funny if souths miss it oh i think it's gonna happen yeah good (laughs) (laughs) uh in other nrlw news there's been the announcement of four expansion teams today so starting what not this season coming up but the 2023 season we will have the Raiders, the Sharks, the Cowboys, and the Tigers entering. Yeah, very exciting, isn't it? Awesome news. Super exciting for the fans of those teams. I'm wondering um, how much of a shake-up there'll be to the system. Yeah. Because, I mean, because you've got to spread the talent around now a little bit. Yeah, and, like, Sharks, Cowboys, and Tigers all currently with their women's teams in the New South Wales and the Queensland premierships. They all have quite a few NRLW players that play for them when yep. the NRLW season isn't on. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see whether they stick with those teams or whether they, you know, stay with their NRLW teams, what the mix is. 
we've seen yeah you mean it's hard yeah and we've seen some massive signings already for this upcoming season for Newcastle um who they're still looking for their first win so it'll be really interesting like when you look at the the Cowboys their their team the they're called the North Queensland Gold Stars. Their women's team um, have just won the equivalent of the Queensland competition. They won the grand final. Um, yeah. And they have, yeah, I think like six NRLW contracted players in their team. So wow. I feel yeah. like that'll be a team where it's easier to keep those players there. Yeah. And yeah, I think I like the fact that there's a bit of a spread as well. Um, yeah, me too. What I think Melbourne is the only um, city in Australia with NRL representation, but not NRLW now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it'll be good to get them in and then the Warriors back eventually and then expand from there. Um, totally. Hopefully some Penrith, please. Yeah, and that's something that I'm disappointed that we weren't thinking ahead of the times enough to ensure that we were one of the bidders for this year. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's disappointing given the fact that we're in this amazing um, time and era for the club and it would be such a great time to get so many women participating. Um, and it's just disappointing that that's kind of been allowed to sail by. Um, and I really hope that they change that sooner rather than later because it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and if we haven't really started to seriously think about it yet, it's probably not going to be happening for another couple of years at least. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm actually yeah quite disappointed in the lack of ambition that I've really seen from our club in terms of the women's yeah. side of the game because we seem all too happy to just throw millions and millions and millions of dollars into the men's side, which I understand that it yeah. generates more money, but that's not all that it's about. Yeah, and exactly. It's more than that. Yeah, and like like I want us to have, you know, proper facilities for the women's mm-hmm. and everything. And I want us to be treating them with the same amount of respect that they treat the men's side of the game. Because yeah. everyone at the club seems to realize the important role that Penrith plays in the development of rugby league in general. Yeah. But I hope they realize that that includes both sides. Yeah, I think even I was like I Mary from ladies who league tweeted about it yesterday and she brought up that we could even use like Bathurst as a catchment area like yeah. we have the ability to expand out to all of those areas double areas like that um and nurture these talent so we can and, and then you know those players not only will play at Penrith they'll be able to be picked up for other teams do you know what I mean it's I think it's important that we get around this yeah like I want us to be a club that sets an example on how to develop talent for both men and women. And Definitely. like, yeah, I, I want us to do it and I want us to do it properly. I don't want us to even bother entering if we're just gonna like, like not fully put ourselves into it and just use it as like a, Oh, look, we have a women's team. We're inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the rate that the game is growing at, is insane and it's amazing to see and like i just know that people out here would get behind it as well and this is the perfect time for it because there's more you know spotlights on penrith at the moment 
there's probably a whole bunch of little kids that are deciding they want to go for Penrith because Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai and Brian Tour and those players. And I think if we had a corresponding women's competition, it could do wonders for the little female kids in the area. Um, and I just think it's a bit of an opportunity missed. Yeah, like I remember um, like growing up playing out here, there were always girls in the teams too. Yeah, and totally. now I've seen these days there's some teams where they're able to field a whole team of girls in like the under nines and stuff like that. And that's amazing yeah. to see. And there's something there. And I, yeah, I do agree. We've got to do better. Even if we just enter in the New South Wales premiership at the moment, because the highest level that we're at is the Tasha Yale cup, which is it's either under 19s or under 21s. Yeah. And I think we need to do a bit more than what we're doing and then eventually aim. Yeah. For, NRLW because I mean it would also be nice for us to win a comp in that before Para does anyway yeah exactly I agree <laughs> it's always a bit of a, a help yeah um and I saw someone said earlier in MKFC maybe you know they might be wanting to wait for the opening of the stadium that'd be kind of cool I guess yeah but don't wait. There's no reason yeah, to wait. The There's no proper reason to wait. Yeah. I want them. I want them to at least. I. I hope they're at least planning on it at the moment. Me too. Because yeah, I. I heard something from someone that apparently Penrith has been approached before, and they said, "Not right now." Yes. Um, I love that. Yes, that disappoints me. Um, yeah. It, it was. Uh, yeah, our best mate that said not right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, yeah, yeah that's it's very exciting future for the nrlw and yeah hopefully we see some panther colors running around in that competition sooner rather than later so in other news nat ivan cleary has been hospitalized with reports that he has blood clots on his knee um in just a i guess a further development on what's been happening with him the last few weeks uh yeah not the not the nicest thing to hear is it no, not at all. Um, I think the conti- the continuing issues he's having with his knees is probably a problem. Do we know what the initial cause was? Um, I have no idea. I just know that he had knee surgery and it got infected. Yeah. And so... Sometimes, with- yeah, it can be yeah. really bad, like with that kind of thing with your knees and things like that, infections and stuff that lead to blood clots. It can actually have some pretty awful consequences. So I'm yeah. I feel really bad that he's been in hospital. I feel bad for his family as well. I feel bad for Nathan, you know, having to just go along as if nothing's wrong when you're worried about your dad in the back of your mind as well. So I really hope that they get it sorted out sooner rather than later and he's taking all the time off that he needs because that's the most important thing at the moment. Yeah, like that's one where definitely it really shows the that at the end, like rugby league is just a game. And yeah, Ivan's totally. health is really what matters. Um, yeah, it is. And, yeah, it's quite remarkable that the team and Nathan have been doing so well considering there's probably been a lot of, I guess, unknowns about what's actually happening with him. Yeah, um, definitely. Considering it feels like this is something that's just kept on, yeah, developing. Because, I, like, I mean, you and I, we're not doctors. Uh, we're not NRL physio. We don't... Um, <laughs> I don't know whether the blood clots are something that developed after or yeah, whatever. Like, I, I don't know if that's like something that they didn't that's know about. Frequent. Yeah. Well, that, that can happen. That can happen where blood clots um, arise from an infection in the legs or the knees. 
it's a bad area for it in terms of right. infections. So yeah, it, it would definitely follow on from that. It wouldn't be unrelated. I would doubt. I would doubt that. Well, yeah, because especially since Ivan's only missed three games, so he missed the Para game and the Storm game, but then he was back yep. for the Roosters game, the Cowboys game, and the Bulldogs game. Yeah. So yeah, it must have yeah been something that yeah then just popped up after. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but um, I've had the opportunity to meet Ivan before, and he was a very nice mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. Obviously, wish him all the best. Hopefully, we Thank see you. him back coaching the club soon. But if not, like you know, we'd rather him uh, focus on his health before that. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's more important than rugby league and the club is well set up anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's still involved in some capacity yeah, in way, the way the world is now. The sort, of, the sort of coach he is as well, I mean, you very rarely see him out there training them before the game. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's not really that. It's more of a strategy kind of coach and and the boys as well kind of coach themselves a little bit at this, at this, at this time. So, yeah. Yeah, that's um, he. Yeah, he seems to um, be a good delegator, which definitely, and that's a that's a sign of a good leader. Yeah, yeah, and it really, it's really coming in handy at this moment. Anyway, you know, we've still only had one loss in that entire time, and that was we were missing Cameron Zeraldo as well because he had COVID at the time. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that was super unfortunate. Yeah, um, which meant Andrew Webster still has a zero percent record. Very unfortunate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but who knows? You know, he might get an opportunity soon. Who knows? Serato might be at the Tigers for all we know. Mm, let's not manifest that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, it won't happen. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in even sadder news, uh, Penrith Panther number 100, Bill Ashurst, has passed away overnight. Um, sad. Yeah. Yeah, he was, for anyone who isn't, aware of Bill Ashurst. He was a real uh, pioneer for the club. I'd say he was like our first real, one of our first superstars that the club ever had. He played for us between 1974 and 76. He was, um, he came over from England. He was a legend for Wigan, played 165 games for them before coming over. Um, He played, I think 46 games for us and captained us as well. And like I've read about him before in a book about the Panthers and apparently he was just like the most insanely talented player you could ever see. And he really helped him and Mike Stevenson, who came over at around a similar time, really helped put Penrith on the map because it was just Mm. known as this like country town well outside of Sydney that like, you know, journalists and stuff wouldn't even bother coming out to for the games and stuff but then when they brought those two in they started to come and everything yeah and you know success didn't follow for a while after but without players like bill ashurst in the early days who knows if the club had even would even have stuck around that long yeah um it's very sad very sad to hear always sad to see whenever that sort of thing happens yeah yeah um i think that's a couple now of the um, Panthers players from way back 
now that have passed away. Um, but, you know, he's still, he was still, I mean, relatively young, 74, you know. Yeah. Um, I have no idea, you know, what happened with his passing. Um, it's probably not appropriate to comment on it this time anyway. Um, but, yeah, for anyone out there who knew Bill, saddened by his passing, you know, our deepest condolences, uh, a Penrith legend from what, whatever I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what's okay? Cut this tea. But what's the word? Is it veil or vale? I've got no idea. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. We just won't include that because yeah, I'm not. I've never. Yeah, I don't know if it's veil or vale either. I've always just thought it was veil, but I'm very basic with that sort of thing, so I'm, I'm probably wrong. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll just go with um. Yeah. So uh, oh, rest in, yeah, rest in peace, Bill Ashurst. Absolutely. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Okay, so we've touched on it a little bit already, Nat, but last Sunday, the Penrith Panthers beat the Knights, what was it, 42 to 6? Yep. Pretty pretty comprehensive victory, wasn't it? It was awesome. So, so good. Um, everyone stood up, you know, and similar to the week before, everyone stood up as well, except a lot of our players were out, but it's just incredible to see it week in, week out, um, every single player play out of their skin. It's awesome. Yeah, it was great to see as well. Um, the fact that we were able to play so well um, it really, I felt like it came down to get yeah, the player's attitude in that game. Yeah. yeah. Because we were missing Matt Eisenhuth. Oh, not Matt. <laughs> we had Matt Eisenhuth. Isaiah. <laughs> we were missing Isaiah. Yeah. Um, he was replaced by Matt Eisenhuth. Um, and like we've already said before that we think he's Penrith's most important player and the most irreplaceable totally. player. And yeah. then. And he was replaced. Yeah. And what Eisenhuth, did he get hurt in that game? I don't know. Because he only played 33 minutes and Mitch Kenny played 55 and he played quite a few in the middle. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that because I didn't see the second half. Yeah, well, I I actually had to watch the game on delay. Um, yeah. And I've watched it three times now as well because um, so I, I coach a, a women's soccer team or football team, whatever you want to call it. And the game, their game was meant to be at one p.m um but it got rescheduled to 3 p.m stressful yeah and so i i went i went to the game obviously to coach and i had my phone on airplane mode and i got home yeah good idea we have the the ko app on our tv so i put it on from you know watch from beginning perfect um just with my phone still in airplane mode but the issue was was that i was so tired because i'd played earlier in the day and I kept just falling asleep. Like and that's I really, why I remember Vic posted. Yeah. It's like parent fans are getting tired of winning now. Yeah, I wasn't even bored of the game or anything because I was enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. But I just it couldn't keep my eyes open. So I fell asleep. So and, happened. Yeah. And Vic woke me up when the the Sharks Warriors game was about to begin and she said, Oh, can I put this on? I said, Yeah, that's fine. 
And so mm. she put that on. And then I, after it was finished, I woke up again and put the game back on, kept falling asleep again. So I was like, you know what? It's just, it's a write-off for tonight. And then yeah. I watched it um, yesterday during the day because I wasn't able to watch it on Monday either. So I've had yeah. three attempts at watching it. I've finally been able to watch it in full. Um, it just meant that I got to see a bunch of the tries multiple times. Um, Which we love. Yeah, yeah, no complaints about that. I'm still obsessed with that Nathan try early on. Like, oh, so footballer. good. Oh, my oh. God. It just it was so good to see. It was like... It was like Luai was playing like Oztag or touch footy or something, the way he like just zigzagged through there. Yeah. And, I mean, to be honest, we made their defence look like they were playing touch footy for most of the game anyway. Yeah, totally did. Um, massive credit to the Knights fans for getting a big crowd out there, given how badly they're doing. They got 21,000. They always do. They yeah. do. Think it's so but, good, um, those fans. Got to say, towards the end of the game, it looked like a lot less than 21,000 people, understandably. I mean, how depressing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's, I mean, their fans are showing up. Maybe their players should. Um, yeah, agree. It's yeah. inexcusable. Maybe they should take a look at, yeah, the way Penrith played because it was yeah. it, it was an effort thing. Once again, it, you constantly see it from the best teams. You see it from Penrith and Melbourne. This year, the Cowboys, you know, it's all yep, about just showing up. It is. And, like, I think if, if, if they want to go back and watch the game against the Bulldogs, we didn't have all our stars and they still played, you know, it went off without a hitch. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's, that comes from effort. It comes from each player doing their job and doing it for each other. Um, and I think that's something that is underrated as part of our success. Yeah, like we get... We get the the arrogant tag thrown at us, which fine, sure we are, but we we earn the right to play that way because yeah, exactly. We show up and we we like absolutely beat the crap out of whoever we're versing just through being yep. there on every play, and we're allowed to be arrogant because we've earned it. And then yeah, like we spoke about earlier, the way Parramatta played, where they probably thought they'd won before they came out, and you see that with Parramatta multiple times a year, to be honest. Where that's and that's what I. Sorry, yeah. That's where I don't understand. I think people are getting confused with this arrogant tag because to me, arrogance would be turning up and playing poorly against, uh, you know, bottom eight opposition and turning up and playing phenomenally against higher opposition. Whereas we consistently play the same pretty much against all of our opposition. Um, and I think that celebrating tries is not arrogant, it's happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, like like pulling Joe Tarpany into a celebration. Sure. Yes, that's a bit arrogant. We haven't done that for like two bloody years. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what? It time was to funny move anyway. on. It was. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> um, like that one. Sure, you can label us it, but the rest of it, like, it, we're not the only club that celebrates tries like that. Anyway, I love that we do it. Everyone loved yeah. it in you know in Origin. Do you know what I mean? And I think that it's just like, fair enough, there were some instances that we did show a bit of arrogance, especially in our first year of being good in 2020. But these days, week in and week out, there are no examples of it. Yeah. <laughs> but you still just get labelled with it. And they, they, these people just choose to find any sort of um, emotive video of us just feeling happy. They're like, oh, arrogance. And it's really quite, it's just wrong. It's not right. Yeah, they seem, uh, they seem to be a bit disappointed that the players aren't robots, to be honest. 
they do. And it's like you spend so much time being like, oh, boring interviews, this, that or whatever. But whenever you show some personality and have a bit of fun and like enjoy your time with your teammates, that's too far, too far, guys. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, like, what do you guys want? Because you've spent years bagging, you know, Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk for being robots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Tyrone Luai and Nathan Cleary and Stephen Crichton are the worst humans ever walked the earth, apparently, because they enjoy and like, what they do. And I, it's my favourite part about my te- our team right now is, is, is the way they act and the way they are so happy. It's my absolute favourite part. And it's why we're getting plenty of kids look up to them and think, I love yeah. the way they do that. It's fun. It's great for their area. I just think it's awesome. So if the other teams don't like it, let them complain. Well, yeah, and, like, they are lovely people off the they field are. too. Like, they are. Uh, Actually, one of my friends. Um, I was going to say the Roosters game. Well, one of, yeah, well, that's a yeah. good example of it. One of my friends works, don't know, I think he works for some sort of advertising company or something like that, and he had to do um, a video, he had to film an ad the other day with Stephen, Brian, and Jerome for Mackin. Oh, yeah. Um, and he said they were amazing, and he's a Manly fan, and he's like, they were the best. They were so um, engaging with everybody. They were um, really humble. He was just so surprised by how humble they were. And like, they were turning up in like Nissans, like no no fancy cars or anything like that. And they were just like, Brian was telling him he recently got his peas and stuff like that. And he was like, they were just so different to what I expect from football players. Um, and he's like, they were awesome. They were, and I was like, that just makes me so proud to hear that. So proud. And you can imagine it, you know? Yeah, they are... Um the complete opposite of daily cherry evans uh, yeah totally <laughs> yeah um because yeah didn't you say you have a colleague that was at the roosters game and was like yep she was like obsessed she's like oh my god she's like they were out there for so long like yeah. roosters fans got roosters fans all getting photos with them um she was so impressed and she was a ca- very very casual at best um which i mean that's all roosters fans isn't it yeah just one one casual one which yeah i was i was at that as well and it was it was actually pretty crazy like they they often get you know kids mobbing them and stuff but at that roosters game it was it was bigger than normal and i think it was i think more roosters fans went to that game because the panthers were there as well yeah which that's pretty crazy to think about Mm mm-hmm um and yeah they were very yeah thankful and nice to them for even being there um so good yeah yeah i I love that to be honest me too it makes me super super proud yeah and it it just makes you know victories like that over the nights that much sweeter um to know that they are lovely off the field but just really completely ruthless on the field uh, because that was best. like a, that was the kind of victory you see the storm get, and yeah, people get blinded by those victories a lot when they see Melbourne winning by fifty every week, but Penrith mm. winning by thirty, mm-hmm. and you go, well, Penrith's defense is better, um, yes. but it's nice to just see us do one of those for once, to be honest. Yeah, it was. It was so, because, yeah, it is kind of few and far between. Usually we kind of do what we need to, play really, really well. We just yeah. do what we need to. So it was really good to see them just kind of go to town. Yeah, like they went out there and they were like, you know what, we're going to enjoy our Sunday. <laughs> Definitely, that they did. 
yeah, yeah, no complaints from me. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. Okay, so it is time for us to bring back the top five. And today we are doing the top five fullbacks. It's been a long time coming. Yes. We've we've tried to shoehorn it in for about six weeks in a row, haven't we? We have, but it just hasn't, timing hasn't worked out and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm excited. I love, fullback's a great position for me to talk about. So I'm keen. Yes. Well, your favourite player um, of He's all a time. Fullback. Is a fullback, and I've been um, I've been very um, I've controlled myself in terms of my rankings here, um, and I haven't been ridiculous. So <laughs> even though I wanted to, yeah, I've I've got a I've got a spot that I want to put him in, but I haven't. Um, me too, me too. But yeah, um, do you want to? No, you know what? I'll get us started because Go for it. I feel like you'll have a more uh, passionate explanation, and we should let you go <laughs> a second. You know. Stunning. Yeah, yep. love it. Uh, number five, I have Dylan Edwards. I, yeah, I, I love Dylan Edwards. Um, as everyone here knows, we talk about him yep. every single week, how fantastic it is. I think this is our first mention of him, really, isn't it? <laughs> uh, which is today. That's, yeah, that's probably a record. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. <laughs> um, when you think about the fact that 12 months ago, 18 months ago, he would have been nowhere near the top five, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. It is amazing to see um, because I did on form. I would say he's been in the top two, but I didn't want to. Yeah, I would say I would didn't want to put it yeah. purely on form. So I've done the same. Yeah, I I wanted to take a bit of a longer view at it because there's just yeah, there's a lot of good fullbacks at the moment. It's a very blessed position in the NRL currently. You know, you've got yeah. amazing players like. Reese Walsh and like Scott Drinkwater, who I'll be honest, mm. I didn't even really consider for my top five. No. Uh, yeah, me either. And yeah, like someone like uh, Chance, Nickel Klukstar and you know, Xavier Savage mm-hmm. at the Raiders fighting it out for that spot. You know, that's pretty incredible yep. that you've got things like that happening at the game at the moment. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so I, I, put, I put Dylan at fifth. Um, I mean... I don't know what else to say about him, really. Yeah, I mean, what we haven't said already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm just going to wait for whenever you have him in your list because you'll have the Sounds better good. the better spiel about Dylan, I'd say. Probably. <laughs> uh, so who do you um, have? My, my fifth was Latrell. Um, oh, and I don't yeah. have Latrell in my five. Yeah. Ah, that's that, that's no, just... to be completely fair and the reason why he is fifth and this could probably excuse him not being in your five is that i don't think fullback is his best position i think he's better as a center um i think as a fullback he can be slightly lazy on the lazy side of things um in that he doesn't um inject himself into the game any more than what he would as a center um but i still think he's a phenomenal player such a good talent so good to watch I think we forget how good he is because he's only played like a couple of games this year. And since the Manu incident last year, we haven't seen him very much, but when he's playing well, it is such a sight. Um, so yeah, he slips in at my fifth um, for, for fullbacks, even though I don't think um, fullbacks in his best position, I still think um, I would pick him in my top five any day in that role. 
Yeah, it's interesting actually because I'm still I'm still undecided on what I think Latrell's best position is because yeah, I think he's fantastic, like absolutely amazing, probably talent wise. I'd say probably mm. the best player in the comp. And one of them, yeah, yeah. In terms of the fact that he's so skillful yet so destructive at the same time, um, yeah. and I think he could dominate in any position from one through to six, to be honest. And but I think Souths need to find a better balance of how to make their team better. Yeah, um, totally. And maybe it means Latrell shifts to a different position. Um, yeah. Like perhaps I've I've heard Phil Gould mention a bunch of times this year on his podcast that he thinks he he hasn't said that he thinks South should do this, but he thinks there'll come a time where they have a conversation about playing Latrell and Cody Walker in the halves together and Blake Taff at fullback um, just to get those two running the game and Taff in the team, which I'm, I'm not sure about, but it'd be interesting. And I think to an extent it'd probably work, but then we also know, yeah, yeah like Latrell, when he plays center is probably the best center in the comp by far. Yeah, totally. Definitely uh, is. I mean, we missed him big time in origin. Oh, that really made me wake up and realize how important he was. Um, you know, how important him and Tommy were in those center roles last he was we really noticed it. Yeah. And I know I love Latrell as well. He he's a obviously, you know, he sometimes out on the field, I think he just gets too hyped up sometimes and oversteps the yeah. line. Um Yeah, I agree. Which he's not the first player to ever do that. But I think he seems to be much more maligned than even the Penrith players. And just like a bunch of them, apparently he's just the most amazing uh, ambassador for the game off the field and is so amazing with the kids and everything like that, which is really nice to hear. Um, yeah. And, um, I mean, there's probably a few reasons why people don't like him, but it really shows that those people are bad people, um, which is, like, just an unfortunate part of life. Um and I think, I mean, similar kind of happens to the Penrith players a little bit as well. Um, Tall puppy syndrome. <clears throat> yeah. Um, which it's just a real shame to see. But, yeah, you're right. Like, Latrell, amazing. And, yeah, if he'd played mm. more games this season and probably yeah. towards the back end of last year, he'd probably be, like, top three for me, to be honest. Yeah. Totally. I, I, um, yeah, I think he, yeah, there's a bit of, um, I guess, maybe, like, recency bias when we're forgetting about him. But yeah. he is definitely up there in the conversation. Well, it's like end of the end of 2020, um, mm. Tom Travojevic might not have been in the top mm. five because he just couldn't stay exactly. on the field. Yep. Um, so, Which yeah, I, I, do, I, I, yeah, I do really hope that Latrell, yeah, comes back better than ever. Um, Me too. Just not against Panama. He's great for the game. He's great yeah, for the well, game. Amazing for the game. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so at number four, I've been umming and ahhing on this. I have Clint Gutherson. Why? Uh, <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like that pick. I don't know about like Clint over Dylan. Yeah. What? Did you uh, watch on, him on the weekend? <laughs> on in terms of longevity, I think over the period that the two of them have both been in the comp, Gutherson's been a better player. 
I think we're going to have to break up this podcast. I don't know how we come back. I knew this one wouldn't go down. I did not think you didn't have Latrell in your top five, but you have Gutho. Okay, so so, wow. So I had a choice to make. I could have made the easy choice to make this podcast run smoothly, or I could have gone with what I truly feel. And I decided to stick with my integrity. Totally honest. Like, is it like, I think I tweet this to Vic sometimes. Every time I sit and think, okay, I'm going to focus. I'm going to watch Clint Clint Gutherson play today. Because the paraffins, yeah, (laughs) the paraffins tell me he's similar to Dylan. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to focus on him. Every time I choose to do that, he has shockers. And it's like this weird, like I'm jinxing him. So I'm, I only, I've tried, I've tried to get around it (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Not too hard. Well, but please tell me, tell well, me why Gutho is better than Dylan Edwards. I think Gutho is a limited player, to be honest. I think he's a goer, but I don't think he quite has the finesse of the truly elite fullbacks. And I think you could probably say similar about Dylan, um, where they are, they like they they're obviously skillful players, but they get by on their effort. Um, as compared to other elite fullbacks who get by more on ability. And I think this year, I would say Dylan has been better than Gutherson in terms of he's produced more good performances than Gutho has. Because Gutho, to be honest, when he has a bad game, he has a shocker. Um, And that's what he needs to do to really take the next step up, I believe. Um, Yeah. I just think he is, at the moment, I'd say he's a more skillful player than Dylan. But I do agree, at the moment, I think Edwards is a more consistent performer. And at the moment, I would say his bad games are nowhere near as bad as Clint Gutherson's are at the moment. Mm. Because I think Gutho kind of gets trapped in what Parramatta do, you know, where, like you were saying, like, it's like, it seems to be a bit of an attitude thing for them. Yeah. Um, I think if Gutherson all those years ago had signed for a different club that was probably a bit higher up on the ladder, I think we'd probably be looking at a much better player, to be honest. Um, But I also think he is pretty much the main reason why Parramatta have been a consistent finals team for years because I think they've had the longest stretch of being mm. in the finals, like like staying in the top eight every mm-hmm. single week. I think they have the longest stretch of that. And I think without him, that definitely doesn't happen because I think the rest of their players, like Mitch Moses, like Campbell Gillard, Reed Marnie, Junior Paolo, I think they are far more inconsistent than Clint Gutherson. And, I mean, this is a team with Wunga Blake in them, you know. Mm, um, mm. I think he is the See, I, like they are as good as they are. But, yeah. I can see the justification in Moses being good. I get that. And I think he's played really well this year. He still has his moments, but I do understand why he's considered good. Um, Dylan Brown, I think, is fantastic. Um, I forgot Dylan Brown. <laughs> yeah. But Gutho, I just, you know, I think it's just I'm falling victim to the games that I've unfortunately sat and watched have 
well not unfortunately like it's quite funny but like it has always been games where he has really had huge shockers or he's yelled at everybody so i think yeah that, um, what? yeah there's what game was it i remember I do remember the specific game where you said you were going to sit down and watch him and you apologised to Victoria oh. because you thought you jinxed him. I, and I do. I do. I jinx him every time. Was I it the Tigers seen, game? You know, actually, it might have been. It might have been. Do you know what? The only game I've seen him absolutely shine has been against Penrith. He was bloody good. He was their best player that night. Yeah, he was. And for that reason, I should have picked him from the list. <laughs> see <laughs> but yeah I do understand in that game I just unfortunately haven't seen that many from him um and I think that there are overriding aspects of his game like yelling at everybody that I think is detrimental to the team in general personally yeah I I don't like those aspects to be honest I don't I yeah. don't dislike it as much as um a lot of other people um but I don't mind if he does it in his dressing rooms I don't mind if he gets his players yeah, like, like come on guys like you know like you need to be better than that but what I don't like is when you like yell at someone for making, not catching a ball or making an error. Like it's not an, it's not an effort thing when you make an error a lot of the time, it's just or, an oops, you know? Or like screaming at Tom Opachik like that, like two days after his yeah, brother passed away. Totally. Yeah. Like get yourself together. That's yeah, not that's... to me. That doesn't invoke respect in your, the players around you. Um, and I really don't think the players are going to be wanting to be their best selves for a captain like that personally. Yeah, like I feel like I feel like they love him ninety percent of the time, but I reckon when when you don't like Gutho, you probably absolutely hate him. Like, yeah, like I don't know. Yeah. The people around him, like yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's um, it's enough Clint Gutherson chat. I reckon <laughs> this is a Penrith podcast. Well, as a nice palate cleanser, my number four is Dylan Edwards, which is a nice what? palate cleanser for everybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's quite low down my list. Um. But I wanted to be, you know, and as you said before, if it was based on form this year, I would probably have him genuinely one or two, because yeah. the only player I think he hasn't outperformed so far this year has been Gutho. Um. I think every other team we've come up against, and that's including Tedesco, Jaboyevich, he has outplayed both of those players comfortably. Um, Ponga as well, although we only got 15 minutes of him. Um, so, yeah, I think that he's just coming to his own so well this year. I'm not going to crap on about it because you guys have heard me talk about it a hundred times this year already. But this to me is like last year, he was really hitting his stride and we all saw it. But this year, he's starting to gain attention for the way he's playing. Um, and it's super validating and amazing to see because he is so important to our team. I don't think it's a coincidence in the slightest that we became good when he became good. Um, and also, if you look back at the games that he hasn't played in, a lot of the time we've lost. Like, I'd actually love to see the stats that games won without Dylan Edwards compared to some of the other players um, because often it goes to shit without him. And I think he's just like a silent assassin in our team. Um, and, yeah, I think that's why he's number four on my list. Yeah, I also think when you look at the the factors of his replaceability in the team. Yeah. And also the value that he provides to his team compared to like the output for his salary yeah. is probably easily yes. the best oh my gosh. like in the comp. Well, okay, if you think about it, and they actually asked this question on Bloke in a Bar. They said, Would you go for Dylan Edwards for five hundred thousand dollars? Or would you choose to avoid Rich or Tedesco for a million? Oh, I personally, if I'm running a football club, I'm going with Edwards. Yeah. It also depends where you are. You know, like maybe a team that's really struggling, 
they might need somebody like Jawadish or Tedesco, you know, like those very rare players that can come in and get you from a bottom eight team to a finals team. But I think for the run of the mill teams that are kind of just like can can do it without a ridiculous fullback, I think you'd always go with Edwards. And I'm I, I don't think we could stop him for anybody. Yeah, like Trebojevic and Tedesco are capable of going on a run similar to yeah, like... they're like a Cleary type, yeah. yeah. But they, they could do what like Hayne and Barber did years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they're very individual. Whereas I think, especially like a team like Penrith, where we are such a team, um, it is, he is of utmost value because you just need to be, yeah, output, putting in effort. And he does so much of that for us every single week. Wouldn't replace him for the world. Yeah, no, that's the thing is I have him at fifth, but I would not mm. replace him with any of the other players because he's no, the for perfect our team. player for our team. Like generally, if they said you can have any other fullback for the same price, I would I'd, say, no, I want to keep that. No. Yeah. I'm not risking that. Yeah, he's just perfect for, for our team. We don't, we don't need someone, you know, to be calling the shots in attack. And I almost feel if we did have someone to be calling the shots in attack, it might clash. I mean, yeah, we saw how... Um, Cleary and Luai did with Tedesco compared to how they do with yes. Edwards. Not bloody great. No. Um, which is why Edwards should be playing Origin. Um, mm. And you know what? Genuinely, he would be very mm. good. He would do a job. I yeah. think it would help if you had the Penrith, fan, Penrith friends around him. But yeah. he would absolutely do a job. If you look at the model that we play with, which is like all the backs doing the, the work, really, um, he would fit in very nicely. Yeah, and because, like, Tedesco did have a good game, to be fair. He had a good game, but I think even last series, you noticed Tedesco step back a little bit to allow yeah. for um, the centres. Um, yeah. yeah, and so he really didn't do anything that Dylan couldn't have done in that series last year. Yeah. Um, so he, if, if called upon, I'm, I have no doubt in my mind he would do a wonderful job. That's the thing is I, I genuinely think that if all of the fullbacks were fit, and Tedesco ended up getting hurt. Yeah. I think it would be between Pappenhausen and Edwards for the fullback spot. And I think both of them would do a wonderful job. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, you'd just put the other two at centre. Yeah. Um, maybe Scott Drinkwater. I don't know. But I think, I think the other Love two drinking. have proved it over a slightly longer period of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, good pick. I, you know, we love Dylan here. Um, but yeah, my, my number three is yeah. Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, he's amazing, isn't he? Like I, I didn't, he's think amazing. Would, I didn't think the storm would find a player so similar to Billy Slater so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but yep. they have like, cause he's, he's just rapid, isn't he? I don't think like, I know that, um, he doesn't track like the highest speeds, in terms mm-hmm. of a sprint in the NRL, but his actual footwork itself, in terms of the way he can go like sideways and through defenses and stuff, I think he'd probably have the fastest footwork in the comp at the moment. Yep. Yep. Um, and he has, you look at someone like Ponga has probably aesthetic, but not exactly results. I think yep. Pappenhausen has both. Yep. Um. And yeah, he's an incredible player. I just, I just want him to be out on the field a bit more. Yeah, I think he's brilliant. 
Um, he's in on my list too. He's actually not next. Um, so I'll hold back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, entirely agree. He's amazing. Okay, Nat, who do you have at number three? So I actually have Tommy Turbo at number three. Um, nice. I like this. Like, I can't explain how much of a freak he is and how much I rate him. The only reason I don't have him higher is for the fact that have we really seen him perform against the top team yet? No. And that's where my other two we have. And that's where I've kind of, you know, I think there's been too many games I've watched where I haven't even noticed him. Um, and I think that is a bit more rare with some other fullbacks that we've mentioned on this list. But saying that his talent alone is incredible. Seeing what he did in origin was amazing um, at centre. Like he just, he was the player of the series last year. He was just awesome. Like you panic every time he gets the ball. He has that real amazing ability just to spark something out of nothing. He's a hard worker as well. Um, it's just such a shame that he is injured all the time because we, will he ever see his ceiling? We don't know, you know. Um, it just seems time and time again, different injuries are popping up which is just really problematic. But I think he's incredible. I think he's an amazing player. Um, and at his best, he's one of the best players to watch in the competition. Yeah, well, I actually have him at number two, so we can just keep talking about yeah. him. Um, awesome, yeah. Uh, I th Yeah, he is an amazingly talented player. And last season, you know, to win the Daly M only playing 15 games is amazing. Like, I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Yeah. But oh my God, he like he's great, but Jesus, he's overrated. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, he is. He seems like a lovely guy too, but I really don't want him to do that well just because I'm sick of people talking about him. He can do yep. the simple, like, he will get out of bed and they will name a hospital after him. Like, yeah, it is amazing the way that, like, he, he was great last year. He, mm. like, the numbers he produced were astonishing but everyone knows that last year was a really weird year for the competition where yep. the top two or three the top three teams were just astronomically good fourth which was him, him at manly were like mm. they were like what would normally be like an eighth place team and the rest below yep. that just sucked and you're yep. right he didn't produce it against those top three teams and he didn't um, produce it this year in the games that he's been playing either. No. Um, you know, against us in round one, you, you didn't even notice he was on the, you really didn't notice he was on the field. Um, and I also think, I dare say as well, he benefited from the rule changes. Um, I think he yeah. was one of the biggest beneficiaries, him and his team. Um, and yeah, I feel bad because we haven't really had a chance this year to see him without those, you know, rule changes and see what he can do. But just based on what we've seen, there are a few question marks over him, I think, as a complete player. Yeah, like he he's, was definitely, I think, helped by how strange the rules were last year. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like at the same time, you know, you can only play what's in front of you and he did a better job yeah. than anyone else at playing under those rules. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't see that sample size of one year like that, which he's been good in other years, yeah. don't get me wrong. Excellent in other years. That once like that one sample size of one year of him being like the best player in the world isn't yeah. enough to justify him being first on my list. And to I be agree. honest, yeah, thinking agree. about it, I kind of agree with you more about third place anyway. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, well, I may he, as well, like I, I'll talk about my second now because it can roll into the same conversation. So yes. my two is Pappenhausen. Yeah. Um, and the reason I have Pappenhausen ahead of him is because we have seen him perform against the top teams in grand finals. During it, he has played so well, and I literally panic so much when he gets the ball. I see a lot of talk on Twitter about people saying that he's a fraud and this, that, or whatever. And it blows my mind. I do not get it. Why do they hate this guy? <laughs> like he sounds like such a good person and he's so good to watch. And, you know, I see a lot of, oh, he's just doing his job at fullback. Matt Dufty could do the same, blah, blah, blah. Well, Matt Dufty actually doesn't do that. Yeah. And most players don't do their job at fullback like Ryan Pappenhausen does. People say the same thing about Dylan Edwards. They're like, oh, well, he should have made that tackle and he should have made that catch. But 15 of 16 fullbacks don't do it. So if their best trait is that they um, do their job, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Um, so, yeah, that's where I have Pappenhausen ahead of somewhere like Tedesco because I think he's more consistent. Um, you very rarely don't notice him in a game. You very rarely don't notice him. Win, lose or draw, you know, he's usually popping up doing his thing. Um, and whether that be in a support player or individual, he is a very complete player. Whereas I find Tom is more of an individual player and he has these sparks of individual brilliance. But has that been proven against the best of the best? Not yet. Yeah, like I think, I think you're definitely correct that um, Pappenhausen is more of a team player. Um, and like that's nothing against Trevojevic. It's no. just that Pappenhausen's better at that aspect because yep. like, yeah, like, like still apparently Tom Dravojevic is an amazing person off the field. So that's great. The whole yeah, family seemed lovely yeah. to be honest. They do. Um, they do. They sound if, so good. Yeah. And if, you know, Andrew Voss didn't, you know, almost go into a coma from screaming every time Dravojevic touched the ball, I might feel differently mm. about him. But Pappenhausen, mm. yeah, I think Melbourne were 26 nil up against Penrith in the 2020 grand final. Without yeah. Ryan Pappenhausen, Penrith win that game. Yes. Yeah. He scored that incredible try to make it 26-0, firstly. Yeah, the intercept. And then, and then that, um, that moment where we took a kick for touch, where we had some momentum mm-hmm. off a penalty, and he did that leap and kept it back in. Yep. Um, Again, he's an effort player. He's an effort player. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, so many of the great fullbacks that we've seen over the past like 20 years or whatever probably don't put in that effort to try and do that. Um, yeah. And that's one where you go like he's got everything that you need to be yeah the best player in the world. And I don't think he's there yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was there in a couple of years. I think he just needs a full season basically the same way that Trevojevic did. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I often think with yet yeah, fullbacks, I like to judge them on does everyone get out of their seat when they're doing a kick return? Yep. And I think, <laughs> I think you do with Pappenhausen more than any other fullback in the comp at the moment. Yep, you do. You think, like, what's he going to do here? Yeah, like I remember when Michael Gordon had a stint at fullback for Penrith in 2010 when Lachlan Coote was injured and Michael Gordon was playing so well. And every yeah, he was so would, good. Every kick return, everyone stood up because you knew he was going to break the first, like, three tackles. Yeah. And I feel like Pappenhausen has that 
but then he also has that mm. ability to yeah run around people and stuff like that yeah um yeah i just don't see any other player being like that at the moment but i mean yeah he's still not my number one well shall we i, I assume we have the same number one yeah. um we can go into james desco oh what i think even tamari martin <laughs> no um, <laughs> no um <laughs> Oh, we love TMM. <laughs> yeah, I love love him. Um, but yeah, not number one. Yeah, James Tedesco. Um, probably the one yeah. player on this list that you can say definitely is not a very good person off the field. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, watch what you say to people on beaches, James. Um, because, yeah. yeah, but but like it's hard for me to look past that, to be honest. I really don't Me like too. him as a person. Yeah. Um, and if I was picking like an origin team, if I was the coach, I wouldn't pick him just on like a moral thing. But yeah. that's not how it works, unfortunately. And he is the best fullback. Um, he is. I'll be honest, if Roger Tuivasa-Shek was playing still, I'd probably have mm-hmm. him at number one because I thought the yep. work that he was doing for the Warriors is more impressive than what Tedesco does for the Roosters because... He's surrounded by superstars there. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Um, yeah. But the way that he played last, like he's had, he had a shaky start to the year. Well, not even shaky, a bad yeah. start. It was bad. It was yeah. quite like it was something to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah <laughs> after it was, like it was, you it was know, quite such a long time. Yeah. Um, after such a long time of just, yeah, craziness. It was like, what's happening? He's- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Which I think him sort of, stabilizing the way he's been playing has been sort of what stabilized the roosters to an extent. Yeah. Because, I think so too, not, not overplaying his hand. Yeah. Yeah. Cause last year he had to overplay his hand. Yeah. Um, because they had 10,000 players out and they were running out with an under 13s team. Yeah. And he was the fullback, but he was basically playing like five, eight and Joey Manu was basically playing fullback from center. Yeah. And um, it was amazing to see. And he seemed to struggle to go back into his traditional fullback role at the beginning of the season while this new halves pairing was getting used to each other. But yeah. now that they've gelled slightly better and Sam mm. Walker has really started to kick on again and show what he was showing last year, um, it's really allowed Tedesco just to go back to what he does best. Yes. And it's actually quite amazing when you think about the fact that Teddy barely played any footy for his first sort of like three years in first grade because he just couldn't get on the field, which seems to be yeah. so common with all these fullbacks. Yeah, yep. Um, I remember hearing that they said that it was it was his running technique. Yep, which changed. That, yeah, he was almost like running too fast for what he could like take or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the way he's been able to like yet not only change that because how the hell do you change that after like 20 odd years of running a certain way um yeah but then the way he's developed since coming to the roosters and stopped being like like because at the tigers they just played teddy ball where they would throw it to him yes, out the back yeah. and hope that he would break a bunch of tackles mm. the way that he is tactically improved and technically improved as well and the fact that he can actually pass the ball now and he can spot holes and set 
like put players through holes rather than go through them himself now is actually yeah. quite remarkable. And I mean, I'm sure having two seasons playing outside Cooper Cronk really helps with that. Yeah. Um, but it shows that he's a worker as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that actually often goes underrated just how much work he does do. Mm. Uh, On his own game and with the club as well. Yeah. And like, you see it with a lot of his tries. I think he actually these days scores very similar tries to the ones you see like Cleary and Edwards scoring where it's like backing yes. up yeah. on a play. Yeah. Um, it's not an in, as individual. Yeah. Where, yeah, it used to just be, I'll throw it out the back to him. Um, and he'll just do something crazy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess that's what happens when you have a halves combination of Brooks and Moses. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he still probably hasn't been yeah top two in terms of form this year, but he's slowly creeping his way back up there. Um, yeah, and I'm not sure whether the burden of now being the captain of probably the biggest one of the biggest clubs in the NRL. I don't know whether that has been a bit too much for him, but it seems like I he's starting he's... to get more comfortable with it. Because I at the beginning of the year I thought potentially that he shouldn't be the captain. Yeah. Um, for a number of reasons, um, but um, yeah. specifically for the fact that he probably needed time to just focus on his own game. Um, but it seems to have balanced itself out. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, like I still I still really don't like the guy, which is a shame because I actually quite liked him before Brilliant. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was annoying how likable he made the Roosters. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, he produced one of my favourite moments of being at live sport with that try in 2019 State of Origin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I really don't like him, but God, what a footy player. And yeah, over a longevity period, he just has to be the number one. I completely agree. There's There's no contest. You know, he's 30 now. Yeah, it's crazy. It seems to have like cranked up. Yeah. It's weird for more. That's my. I'm I'm 30 next year. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and all the players that like debuted when I started cheerleading in like 2012, 2013, they're all going to retire soon. So imagine how I feel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, he's 29. Sorry, but yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's. That's like I was thinking about this last night. I feel like now there are too many NRL players that never went to Wonderland. Oh, big time. Yeah. So many wouldn't have. So many yeah. wouldn't have gone. Um, because I was, oh, I saw something. I It was a footy player on Instagram. I can't remember who it was at all. I was just like clicking through Instagram stories and they said something like 2002 gang. And I was like, oh, geez. Oh, my God. That is so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, they were one when Scott Sattler made that tackle. Oh, isn't it just crazy? Like, yeah. I'm like, now I know how my parents feel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, sorry, he's 29. So he's, he's your age then, I guess. Um, mm. Yeah. A few months older than you, actually. But yeah. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, that's, that, that's sort of crept up, I guess, because, I mean, yeah, well, he debuted in 2012, but he only played that one game because he did his ACL halfway yep. through his first game. Yeah, um, but like that's it's funny to think like Brooks and Moses and stuff they all um debuted around the same time. Matt Moylan, yeah. So they're all like Matt Moylan's like thirty one or something. He's old as yeah. 
he's sorry to our older than 31 listeners <laughs> but um yeah he's like it's crazy it's honestly crazy can't believe i um i'm all right, all right i'm gonna i'm gonna put this out there and i 100 percent believe mm. it still up mm. until the point where like the end of 2017 like the second half of it up until mm. then matt moylan was a better player than james tersco he started better yeah and whether um, whether that was a combination of the injuries that Shesko had or that Matt Moylan didn't didn't have, yeah. um, the teams that they were at, but he was the bigger threat at the, at the time, yeah. which is mental. Looking back um, on it, Teddy was just faster. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Teddy evolved his game, where Moylan yes. threw his career away. Um, yeah. And to be fair, he's been good this year, but so many yeah, wasted years. Yeah, seems to have so many wasted years. It's. It's going to back together this year, but it's been a long time, a long, long time. Too late. Um, but the potential, yeah, the potential that was there, yeah, it's um, sad, really. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, whatever, is a dick. <laughs> uh, if he was a nicer person, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there you have it, our return to the top fives. Um, yeah, we're... Hopefully we don't go so long without doing them again. It's just things come up. We've we've been, they I reckon, life happens every week. Um, we go. One of us goes. Oh, do we have time for the top five this week? Then we're yep. like, oh no, we don't. Especially the fullback line because that's an interesting yeah. one. Um, and because I was telling, I was at the pub with T like a month ago, and I was telling him, I'm like, oh yeah, this week we're doing top five fullbacks. <laughs> we just haven't done it. Well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> We've done it now, uh, T. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had to. Well, we had to wait for um Dylan Edwards to have a great game. Anyway, it happens every week. Yeah, true. <laughs> but... We just couldn't have done it after the um the Eels game. Yeah, that that was just a bit of a sad time for us. Yeah, yeah. Because Duffo would have been number one anyway, so that would have been a shocker. Oh, repulsive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Big Cat Chat podcast on the Sports Best Friends Network. Okay, so coming up this week, the Penrith Panthers are versing the New Zealand Warriors in what I believe is their last game, their last yeah. home game in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. On Saturday at 5.30 up in Redcliffe. Um, this was meant to be the homecoming game originally, wasn't it? Or was it meant to be last year our game against them was meant to be homecoming game? Oh, one of them, yeah. Yeah, last year, because I remember being like, damn, I hate that for us. That right, we have to go yeah. and like, I feel like a bad person. But we avoid yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the Tigers that go over They there. do have the Tigers. They're going to bash up the Tigers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Just for the, sorry, T, but I hope so for the sake of the New Zealand fans. Yeah. Um. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully this is, like we beat them so badly this week that they go back to New Zealand like a day early or something like that, you know? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just topping out. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what are, you, what are you looking forward to seeing in this match? More of what we saw last week. I feel like I said it every single yeah. week, um, except for the power week. But um, I, I expect a big win. Um, and I'd like, yeah, I'd like us to really run away with it like we did against Newcastle. It was really fun to watch, um, kind of just have them like just living their best lives out there um, because I'm a little bit more conservative against the, the, the teams that are, you know, not as strong. 
So I really do hope we kind of run riot. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm looking for pretty much exactly what we saw last week, to be honest. Um, the Warriors aren't in the best place at the moment. They realistically oh, could, could be in for a shout at the spoon, which is such a shame. Yeah, such um, a shame. Looking at the two lineups right now, we've named our first choice 17. Like, it's pretty obvious what our yep. 17 is these days. Yep. Um, yep. And, yeah, we've named it, whereas their team's looking a little light. Their extended bench yeah. is actually quite strong. Like, all five of them yeah. could probably be in their 17, but just, like, injuries and stuff, I guess. Like, um, they're not quite ready. Um, and, like, they've got someone like, like, I love Sean Johnson, but he's been yeah. awful. Um, he's been so bad. I think he just wants to go home. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know that he, he's been quite open about that, hasn't he, about how much he's yes. been struggling with the fact that he can't get back into New Zealand at the moment. Um, yeah. And that's one where you can definitely see it. Um, but, yeah, I guess at least they've gotten rid of the people who don't want to go over to New Zealand. Um, still mind blown over that whole situation. I know. It's I think still it's terrible. Me. Yeah. There's no justification for it. It's no. just terrible. Yeah, like at, at least, yeah, at least, uh, yeah, at least those lot are gone. Because, I mean, you'd just rather people who are enthusiastic about it. Um, and, like, they do have some good players in there. Like, Josh Curran is a very good player. Tohu Harris. We love Wade Egan. Yeah, we always love Wade Egan. Um, there's a debut for um, Ronald Volkman at 5'8". Mm, very exciting. Very yeah. exciting. Because, what, he moved over from the Roosters, didn't he? Halfway through he the did. year, basically. Yeah. Yep. He did, yeah. And um, I think the Roosters fans were quite unhappy about that, which is always a good sign yeah. that your player is something special if you're, the fans are unhappy about him going. Yeah, that's the thing that I always tend to look for when we sign a player. Is same, same, how for, their fan base reacts. Yeah, I look for, like, measured takes from their fan base, yes, to be honest. Yes, totally, yeah. Um, yeah, me too. And, yeah, they were they seemed to be unhappy about that because, I mean the Roosters halves at the time weren't exactly shining either. Um, yeah. I feel like Sean Johnson's probably pretty lucky that he's still got the number seven jersey, but mm. I've mm. got a feeling maybe they want to, if they're going to debut Volkman, they want to keep him alongside a, a more, more seasoned player. player. Yeah. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, which I understand. So maybe maybe mm. it's it'll be a little kick up the backside for him because Harris David is on the bench anyway. Yeah. Um, but then how long do you persist with him as a seven if he's not going to be there next year anyway? Exactly right. It's hard. Um, it's And it's hard, the position they're in. Like, the, the years are right off, kind of, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, and it's a shame to see because I actually really like the Warriors. They're probably my second favourite team, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just think Me they're too. cool. I know, I know you're quite the same. We both really like New Zealand as a country, don't we? Oh, it's amazing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait for the next, like, Penrith game over there, to be honest. I really want to go to it. Mm, be amazing. Um, have you ever been to Mount Smart Stadium? No, I've never. I've only been to Queenstown in terms of New Zealand. Oh, not a bad place to go, though. <laughs> Beautiful place to go. I think yeah. I might go there um, after my wedding next year as well. <laughs> I, um, I, I'll be honest, I entered a contest to win tickets there. Um, oh, how good. Like, like just today. Um, because I, nice. my friend posted on her Instagram story um, because she lives over yeah. there. Um, yeah. And I was like, 
no, I'm going to steal your tickets. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, just for one of like the ski resorts. Um, Beautiful. But yeah, no, Mount Smart Stadium, lovely stadium. It's probably my, it's not the best stadium, but it's probably my favourite ground that I've visited as an away fan because there's just something about it. Like yeah. when I when I was there, the one time I was there, I I got swept up in how cool it was, to be honest. And all I could think of was how do they ever lose a home game? Because there are just no away fans there. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was, I was cheering on something Penrith did and this like 10 year old kid told me to shut up. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. There's 20,000 of you. There's three of us. I'm just going to be quiet. (laughs) And like the support that they get from their fans over there, I can't imagine how insane it's going to be when they get back. And that's why I think that this game might be a bit of a beat up from Penrith as well is that I've got a feeling that their head, their eyes are already, you know, looking across the Tasman and they're not going to yeah, be fully focused so on this game. Hard to. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing is I can't blame them because they're only humans, mm. you know, mm-hmm. they've spent how long away from home. Oh, it's like their 60th game. I think yeah. this week. Yeah. Like that, that is insane. Especially when you think yeah. that like, like, like we were saying earlier with the Ivan Cleary stuff, there are things that are bigger than sport. Yeah. And, like, especially the NRL, like, rugby league isn't that big of a sport around the world. And the Warriors are the only team around the world that have had to do exactly this. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Like, even, like, the Wellington Phoenix and the A-League have been able to go back and play the odd game in New Zealand and stuff like that. Um. So, yeah, like, I for the Warriors' sake, I hope they do well. But I've got a feeling it'll be a similar score. To this I week think it might be too. Um, a big one. I wonder whether Isaiah actually will play. Mm, probably. Yeah, like because like I know they said he was being rested, but yeah, I think it's a bit coincidental that he took that knock in Origin. I think so too. I think it's a massive cover up. <laughs> yeah, um, because I know that they. I saw them saying that like someone who had a view of it on TV was like it was a journalist or something who said, you know, there was an on-field assessment and because he showed no signs on the field of a concussion, like I haven't seen the TV angle of it, but I was at the ground and he was wobbling after that. He just might not have been in the shot, but he was stumbling getting back to the line. Yeah. Um, Which I mean, that's a bigger issue than all of it anyway. Um, Yeah. But yeah, if he's okay, then sure play him um i guess i just worry about him a bit because he used to have a few issues with that a couple of years ago yeah exactly and that's why you've got to be so um on top of it with these things especially when they've got a history of it it can be so so detrimental and bad if you don't if you aren't serious about those things i think that's why it was so disappointing to see what happened on wednesday yeah and i'm just glad that penrith are doing their best with it yes Um, me too you know, we can, we, you and I often find it very easy to be critical of the club, but um, mm. that's just because we care though. Um, yeah, at, of course. But in, yeah. At this, with this matter, like, hats off to him. I agree. Yeah. It's your way with the premiership.
All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening once again. A um, bit of a long one this week, actually, hasn't it been? Yeah, it has. We've um, yeah. longer than usual. <laughs> yeah. Um, no surprises from us, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to find us on our socials, our Instagram is Big Cat Chat and our Twitter is Big Cat Chat Pod. Feel free to give us a follow. Uh, yeah, write to us, whatever you want. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.